right before we launched Pocket Quest, we created a channel specifically just for the creators of Pocket Quest. And so um, I think it's been a really great place for folks to bounce ideas off of each other. I think it really started off as creators asking us questions, but I feel like it's really launched into creators talking to each other about their ideas. Hi, welcome to the Daiku Podcast. I'm Gary Snow, and with me is Lisa Penrose, and she is the RPG Marketing and Charity Manager, and Cage, who is the Community Relations Representative for Drive-Thru RPG, which everybody knows Drive-Thru RPG is like the place to go and get RPGs. So both of you, welcome. Hi, thanks for having us. And so just to jump into uh, our discussion today, we're going to be talking a lot of uh, interesting updates to uh, Drive-Thru RPG, including the um, summer program Pocket Quest for new game designers, as well as a new announcement about Roll20. So that's all going to be exciting. But first of all, maybe you could tell us exactly what you do at Drive-Thru RPG and a little bit about the company for maybe those small percentage of people that don't actually know about Drive-Thru RPG. So maybe, uh, Lisa, you could kick us off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am the RPG marketing manager uh, over at Drive Through RPG uh, and also Dungeon Masters Guild. Uh, I also help with a bunch of charity projects, any sort of promotion uh, or partnership that we do with content creators, um, and a bunch of special projects, including Pocket Quest, uh, which we'll be getting into later. Um, I think most folks probably know me from my community manager days at Dungeon Masters Guild, but I'm really excited to be getting to support uh, more different games over at DriveThru. Great. And, and Cage? Yeah, so uh, I am the community relations representative, as you said, and um, I always kind of say that my role is like two different sections. So I've got, um, I work with publishers uh, through the publisher relations team. Um, and so if uh, our publishers from Drive RPG email the publisher service email, I'm one of the folks that will help you out through that. Um, but I'm also the discord manager. So, our, so one of our, the ways that our publishers and also community content creators and, and folks like that can reach out to us and um, get more information is through our discord server. Um, and so I'm the, the person kind of behind managing that space as well. That's great. And I'm going to have, I'm going to have all the links in the show description uh, and video description below. So anybody that wants to join those discord servers, I assume they're free and open to anybody that's a publisher. Yeah, so anyone who's a publisher, DM skill creator, or who's interested in, in being one of those areas are welcome to join. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit later too, but we even have a, a channel just for folks who are interested in Pocket Quest as well. Um, for folks who don't know about drive through RPG at all, uh, we've been around since 2001, um, and we are one of a family of marketplaces run by one bookshelf, uh, where you can self-publish tabletop role-playing games, cards, uh, fiction, we even have comics, um, and we have anyone from, like, indie publishers uh, or like just individuals who like to publish games to uh, some of the larger publishers, um, like just thinking off the top of my head, anyone from Modifius, uh, Cobalt Press, uh, they're publishing things on Drive-Thru and DMs Guild as well. Um, I think at this point we have like over 20,000 publishers with 
like hundreds of titles uh, published uh, just uh, every week, probably. And for those that aren't familiar, because I mean, a lot of the people that watch my uh, channel are either, you know, getting into RPG publishing in the first place. Can you just give us the the, the pitch of, uh, you know, how people upload their uh, games, the percentage, uh, print on demand, a, a few of those kind of high level uh, thoughts on how people can use your services? Absolutely. I'm going to let Kate handle this one. Yeah. <laughs> she helps people with this all the time. Yeah. So, um, it really depends on what area folks are publishing through. So um, uh, the the percentage that folks get is different through DM skill than it is through drive through RPG. And for drive through RPG, it also is dependent on whether they are exclusively publishing with just drive through RPG or if they're also publishing on other sites as well. Um, and so um, with DM skilled, you'll get 50% of your cut because some of that also goes to Wizards of the Coast for using their um, IP. And then through uh, drive through RPG, um, you get uh, 65% if you are publishing non-exclusive and 70% if you're publishing exclusively through us. Um, and the upload process, I, I think, is relatively simple, especially if you're just doing the digital upload. Um, and so you create your publisher account, determine whether you want it to be exclusive or non-exclusive um, for the drive through RPG side. Um, and then uh, you can just click through, create a title, and then there's like a PDF uploader and allows you to create your product page. So talk a little bit about your, your product, and then you can upload your PDFs. Um, you can also upload like zip files. So sometimes folks will do that for maps if they have maps along with their products, or um, there's a couple different things that you can do. Um, you can upload within that. Um, and then um, as far as print on demand, there are a few more uh, pieces that you have to make sure that you have because they have to meet the specs of our printers. Um, but all that is outlined within our publisher knowledge base that uh, all of our publishers can access through their account. If you want to do print on demand with DM Skilled, we have um, specific people who can do your layout for you. Um, and you have to go through one of those uh, approved layout designers in order to do print on demand through DM Skilled. Um, and so um, that's just, I think, kind of like a, a good general overview of some of the different uh, things that folks can do for uploading to our sites. Absolutely. I feel like our part of our goal at DriveThru is making publishing uh, basically accessible and possible uh, to people and uh, having as few barriers as possible. So like the hardest part of publishing your game should be the actual game creation part. Uh, aside from having your PDF all ready to go, you just need probably like a, a nice description so folks uh, know what they'll be getting with your PDF and a eye-catching cover thumbnail. Um, but once you have all of those pieces, it's just uploading and filling out a form basically. Mm -hmm. And what common pitfalls do you see um, as far as, you know, the questions that you get all the time that this is your chance now, uh, Cage and Lisa, to go, please don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> do not ever do this. I want you to do this instead. What, what happens all the time that you always have to uh, fix for folks? 
Yeah, I think um, on the drive-through RPG side, um, it's just making sure that you have looked through, we have a lot of resources in the publisher knowledge base and just making sure that you're looking through those articles that are relevant to um, the work that you're creating. So we have like the top five most common print-on-demand errors and they are the top five most common print-on-demand errors. Um, and so just reviewing some of those documents, we even have um, some short tutorials about um, how to prep your documents using InDesign or um, Affinity Publisher. Um, so if you're doing print on demand, checking those things out. Um, and then as far as like digital titles, um, I, I think just making sure that you're, um, that you've got all the information that you need if you're using like uh, the some like an OGL license that you have that text in there appropriately um, that you are uploading your cover image um, and and just troubleshooting all of that kind of stuff but also that we are here as a resource too um, sometimes I think folks will try to put stuff up on the site and if they struggle they try to just force it through or something um, but we are here as a resource and um, don't feel shy to ask for help from us. Mm -hmm. For newer designers, uh, I feel like our community content programs are a particularly nice way to kind of get involved. So that's uh, if on Dungeon Masters Guild, you want to create fifth edition D&D content, Storytellers Vault, if you're creating like vampire content, uh, Miskatonic Repository for like Call of Cthulhu. I mean, we have a bunch of different community content programs. And that is helpful for newer designers, I think, because you're not necessarily having to create a whole new system. You can use a system that you know and love are really familiar with and start working with lots of like storytelling building blocks. Um, if you are going to publish um, or create something as part of those programs, it's helpful to read the guidelines ahead of time. Um, so they might have limitations on uh, what particular like settings that you can use um, or your cover might require like a little logo so people know it's part of that program. Um, I think on DMs Guild that's probably like the top thing uh, if someone publishes something sometimes you have to boot them and ask them to please update their cover uh, but um yeah i think from the community content side those would be yeah. our most uh, frequent uh beginner missteps and i would totally agree as somebody who published on the dms guild prior to working for one bookshelf like that was i feel like a really great gateway to publishing content because a lot of it is included in like the creator FAQ section. And um, there's a really great community of folks that are willing to help um, publish uh, people publish content too. Gosh, okay. I know we're kind of getting into like another question on your outline of like advice for new designers, um, but related to both what Cage said and Cage's other gig, um, <laughs> if you want to get into one of our community content programs, there's this really amazing organization called Storytelling Collective. Um, and wait, is it storytelling or storytellers collective storytelling? Yeah. Storytelling collective. Um, yeah. and they have a write your first adventure workshop and there are paths for, um, D and D, uh, for call of Cthulhu, um, and just for any tabletop role-playing game. Yeah. Um, and the Chaosium like, one also has RuneQuest now too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so if you want even more support as a new designer, you get like lessons. I believe there's mentorships as part of that and you get a really good community to bounce ideas off of. That's great. And uh, the other aspect of your services, which I think um, 
a lot of people might not be aware of, but it's it's a really great feature is being able to use uh, your print on demand to fulfill Kickstarters. And that's like yes. maybe a higher level, not let everybody guess that point. But Kevin Crawford, famously, uh, I know he's a, a big uh, seller on your uh, platform. And maybe you could just outline how that kind of works for people that are thinking about getting into that level of publishing. Yeah. So um, if you're doing a Kickstarter, it would be through drive through RPG, most likely um, uh, just because of um, IP and, and things like that. So, um, uh, but for that, um, what folks will usually do is they will collect the, the funds that they get from Kickstarter. And then we have a tool on our site called um, the, oh gosh, the comp copy tool. And what publishers can do then is they can, um, once they've uploaded all of their documents, they can then um, take the emails that they've collected from their Kickstarter and they can import those into the comp copy tool. Um, and it will then uh, provide their backers with whatever their their fulfilling um, their fulfillment is. So whether it's a digital PDF or print on demand, um, either one of those uh, folks can um, use uh, fulfill their Kickstarters with either one of those types of titles. And you know, as I talked about the print on demand aspect, I mean, you are probably struggling like everybody else uh, with like supply chain issues and the cost of paper and everything like that going up. And I saw recently um, there was a proposed rate increase for printing and you, you have nicely held off and been able to make sure that that doesn't pass all along to uh, the creators or the publishers. Uh, maybe you can just fill us in on what are the challenges in the space right now and how do you deal with that? Yeah, we were very fortunate that we were able to negotiate with our printers in order to make sure that uh, we the cost didn't go up for our publishers as well. Um, and um, I think that one of the difficulties though has also been just like time of turnarounds on products. Um, so I think it's less so now, but definitely um, more at, earlier in the pandemic, the turnaround times for print on demand was much longer than they traditionally have been. Um, but we also uh, wanna let folks know that if you're looking to create an inventory of print on demand books for like Gen Con or any of the other conventions coming up this fall, definitely plan to get those as early as you can, just because um, we would hate for um, you to not be able to get access to those print on demand books um, prior to leaving for a convention. Um, I believe we also, um, with turnaround times, um, uh, if they start to vary out of like the usual turnaround times, um, there are little like notifications uh, at the top of your publisher hub page, mm -hmm. uh, where we try to keep folks updated. Um, and like with the recent uh, price increase slash not price increase, uh, we're constantly negotiating with our, uh, with our own printers and chatting with new printers just to make sure we're giving our publishers the best options. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you guys have been uh, really supportive of um, the indie publishing world. And I know everybody appreciates the work you do. Um, and leading into that, Pocket Quest, uh, which was announced, I think probably about a month ago now, we've been trying mm -hmm. to connect. But uh, Pocket Quest, just fill us in on what Pocket Quest is, if you don't mind. 
Absolutely. So Pocket Quest is drive through RPG's first, or at least first official um, sort of game jam type challenge. Uh, so it was announced at the beginning of June. So if you started at June, uh, you had uh, two months uh, until August 1st uh, to create a summer camp themed game um, that was like a pocket game. Uh, so we defined that. There were a few other guidelines, but basically if it's 20 pages or less, it can be a pocket game. Uh, and it doesn't have to be 20 pages. It could be a one page game. Um, but it was just a challenge for folks to try to create a game swiftly, whether they are a seasoned design veteran or this is their first game, uh, get it published on DriveThruRPG. Uh, and the really exciting part for me as the RPG marketing manager uh, is that if you design and publish something as part of the challenge, I get the excuse to feature your games in like the biggest possible way, uh, which I feel like is um, like a big pro to publishing on DriveThruRPG, getting sort of access to our customer base and people who really like having all of their games in their drive-through library. Um, so uh, the plan is uh, highlighting the games on one of like our little front page carousels at the top um, and basically like every day on social media trying to talk about different games. There's different um, little scout badges uh, that you can earn as you hit different milestones, uh, including the I did it badge just for completing Pocket Quest at all. Um, so we wanted it to be sort of um, like, uh, like a fun community challenge uh, and at the same time, really approachable for new designers. And uh, how did the theme come up as far as it being kind of more summer themed? I mean, it's a great fit, obviously, but tell us about the process. Did you guys have like a, a brainstorming uh, session and go, what can we do? Yeah, so we, did have a brainstorming session. I think this was right before Cage joined our team too. Um, and we threw out lots of different ideas. Um, a big part of brainstorming was trying to figure out when we wanted Pocket Quest to happen and how long. Um, and in the end, we decided we would do a summer challenge. Uh, so summer camp uh, to our team feel, felt like a very um, like natural topic. It would let us do the badges. Um, uh, it was very cute, um, but also it was a theme that you could interpret in a lot of different ways. So summer camps are uh, associated a lot with the horror genre, uh, but at the same time, you could do like a very cozy, like fishing game uh, or something. Uh, I did not anticipate, which I will in the future, uh, that we had actually picked a very uh, North American uh, theme. Um, the first bit of feedback we got on the theme uh, in our Discord was from, uh, I think, a bunch of designers in Europe basically being like, we don't have summer camp. What is that? <laughs> I guess I'm going to make a horror game because the only experience I have with summer camp is in like slasher films. <laughs> um, uh, so that's definitely a consideration I would have for future uh, pocket quests. Um, hopefully we'll get to do one next year as well. Um, but also really cool seeing how people around the world are interpreting the theme differently. Uh, and that's great. And you have uh, developed a bunch of resources available for uh, the first time designers to kind of jump in. Yeah. Um, so uh, a member of our team, Sandra, uh, helped 
uh, create those super cute resources. So I want to shout Sandra out. Um, but we have a bunch of templates, um, also different like graphics and logos and assets for folks. Um, I think the resource uh, that I am most excited about is uh, a PDF formatted like a summer camp map uh, that takes you through each of the steps, each micro step uh, to publishing your first title. Um, and we really wanted that to look fun and friendly and also be easy to follow, like really break it down uh, for people who've never published on DriveThruRPG before. Um, and then I'd say another sort of bonus resource that isn't part of that starter kit is actually our Discord server, um, which I don't know if Cage wants to talk about how that's been going. Yeah, so right before we launched Pocket Quest, we created a channel specifically just for the creators of Pocket Quest. And so um, I think it's been a really great place for folks to bounce ideas off of each other. I think it really started off as creators asking us questions, but I feel like it's really launched into creators talking to each other about their ideas and um, getting ideas from each other and asking for feedback from on their ideas. And um, I know a couple of folks have been sharing like their covers recently as they've been developing them. And it's just been really fun to see uh, folks come together. It's really brought like the Discord alive, I think, um, because I think uh, a large portion of our Discord server prior to that were people just asking us questions or like just asking publishing questions and less a community of creators coming together to create together. And I think that this pocket quest channel has really kind of launched into that a lot more. Yeah, it's cool because it gave us the opportunity to like add a Discord role um, just for people who wanted to be part of Pocket Quest. So they might be someone who hasn't ever created something in a community content program, hasn't ever published, um, might not even necessarily be a freelancer yet, uh, but they want to try Pocket Quest. So they get that role, they get access to that channel, they get to ask not just us questions, but a bunch of the veteran publishers um, who uh, this isn't their first rodeo. Uh, they get to ask them a bunch of questions. Um, and so just seeing people talk about how they get inspiration, how they price things, honestly, really even getting into the nitty gritty of like, uh, what dice rolls they want to use and how you build a system. Um, there's so much more of a wealth of knowledge than if we were just answering people's questions mm -hmm. individually. Yeah, and I loved, I think you, uh, Lisa, you at one point um, had asked the question of like, if you're not using dice as a thing, like what else are you doing? I think we had some really great responses to how folks are using like tokens or cards and mm -hmm. things like that um, as part of their rule set. And I thought that was really cool of like how people were really open about sharing how their mechanics would work in their game. Mm -hmm. And building that community is so important. I mean, part of the reason why why my channel exists is that it can be a very solitary um, activity and it's nice to have people that you can bounce ideas off of. Um, can you just maybe expand upon that as far as like, obviously you're doing a great job in bringing people together and you both have experience in the design space. How important is it to have that community? Uh, I, I think that there's nothing really that you can find that replaces something like that. Uh, when I first started uh, creating was back in 2020, and I actually got into it by doing the Write Your First Adventure workshop that Lisa mentioned earlier from Storytelling Collective. I think one of the, like, the great things about that program is you're, you're doing a month-long 
creative writing challenge with other people doing that same challenge. And it's really kind of wild how motivating that can be. And I think that this pocket quest channel and by having other creators creating these games at the same time alongside each other, even if they're not physically in the same room together or doing the same exact game, I think that there is really a really strong motivator and support in having a community of creators doing work alongside you in a similar fashion. Yeah, I fully agree with Cage. The motivation um, and like just energy uh, you get uh, from having a group of people you're co-working, uh, I guess, uh, with um, is really huge. Uh, I also think if you have something either that you're really excited about, just having people you can share that with who like get it. Um, I like feel really bad for my partner who's had to listen to me talk like really intricate, like design things. Um, and, uh, if you're something you're excited about, or if you have like a question about, um, someone whose brain just works in a slightly different way, or they tackle problems in a different way can like unlock an idea that you would not have had on your own. I think that's a good point too. Like, like, I think sometimes people feel like they have to do every part of a game themselves and collaboration is how I've created most of the things that I have my name on. I think there's only been one game and that was that original write your first adventure workshop game that I did that I did solo. And I worked with other creators on every other game that I've made. So like, if you're like, wow, I don't know how to do the crunchy mechanics part. You can find somebody who does, and you can, you know, right away on that narrative flow, if that's what you're into. Like, I think that that's a really great part about creating alongside the communities. You can find people who have strengths where you have challenges and coming together, you can create a really great team. Yeah. Um, I feel like another part of that is that especially if you're like a really like indie, indie publisher, like you're an actual just individual, um, you maybe don't have a lot of monetary resources for stuff like uh, hiring an editor. Uh, so in most cases, you might just kind of like really carefully proofread your own work, but there is no replacing a different person who hasn't been staring at your Word document, um, reading your words. Um, so if you're part of a community, you can find another creator that you jam with and uh, ask them, like, I will edit your work if you edit my work. Um, and that's a good way to sort of trade services um, and you both benefit. I feel like that sort of collaboration is something we see much more prevalently in our community creator programs. I mean, it's kind mm -hmm. of like in the name. Uh, people <laughs> will collaborate on adventure anthologies, like trade services uh, for like the different aspects of creation. Um, but it can totally be a part of drive throughs community and like tabletop as a community as well. Yeah. I, for the second piece that I wrote, I, I did it with a friend and we both co-wrote and he could do illustrations, whereas I have not an art bone in my body. So that was really nice. And then I did the layout design and then we reached out to the community and found somebody who was willing to edit for um, a part of the royalty rate. So we had, I don't think any upfront costs. It was just that we didn't, as we, as you add people onto the project, you gain less of the, the share at the end, but it, it, it didn't have any upfront costs for us, which was like 
really good as like a new creator because I didn't have any budget for the <laughs> projects. So and you touched on like a actually a really good feature I find that drive through has, which is you can share the royalties. Um, can you just like tell us about how that works? Yeah, so you'll have um, whatever your your share is. So like how I mentioned earlier, it's dependent on whether you're on the DM skill or drive through exclusive, non-exclusive will depend on what cut you have to divide. And then whoever is actually posting the game onto the site will have the opportunity to go in and indicate different people that you want to share that royalty with. Um, and so you just put in that percentage um, and uh, that person just has to have an account with us and then it will go into their account. Um, I believe it can also be done through, um, usually the, the cash out stuff is through PayPal predominantly. Um, folks can also get their cash outs through check as well. Um, but yeah, they just indicate who that person is going to be and then what their royalty share is. And then um, like if I were the publisher and I gave Lisa part of my share, I would never see that money. It doesn't have to like route through me to get to Lisa. Um, it just um, goes directly right into Lisa's account then. Yeah, you can use that same tool uh, to also send a portion or all of your royalties uh, to one of our uh, partnered charities uh, where there is a list. I think if you just search charities in our publisher knowledge base, uh, it'll pop up that mm -hmm. list and what email address you should use uh, for each of those. Um, uh, as the charity manager, I need to say uh, mm -hmm. that if you do end up uh, wanting to create a fully uh, charitable project and you donate all of your portion of royalties to the charity, uh, you should email me, Lisa at onebookshelf.com, uh, and uh, I can also donate drive-throughs uh, royalties um, to, to match that. So 100% uh, for drive-through RPG uh, titles. Um, and we've mentioned the royalty split tool. I think Cage briefly mentioned the comp copy tool. Um, if you're new to drive through RPG, once you create your publisher account, you should click on a publisher and like the top navigation bar, and that'll bring you up your publisher hub and just like click on every tool there um, and like see what goodies we have. Uh, because in addition to those, there's a bunch of marketing tools that you can use, um, including if you're promoting your title in different places, you can add what we call source codes uh, to the end of the URL and like track what spaces are sending people to actually buy your game. Uh, you can promote your game as part of our, our deal of the day if you join that deal of the day lottery system. Um, and uh, if you want to offer discounted, uh, uh, discounted, um, I'm totally blanking on all words. Titles. Yeah, if you want to offer discounts on your title or offer free community copies, you can create like a special discount link um, uh, to offer either on social media pages or even in the listing. Some people will say like, if you can't afford my game for any reason, here is a place to get community copies. Um, another really great tool to um, not exactly like what Lisa's talking about, but we also have an affiliate program. So if you sign up for that, you can get an additional um, like 
percent is just for pointing people in the direction of the site. So if you um, tweet out stuff about DMs Guild or Drive Through RPG or any of our other program like uh, products, you can just add your your affiliate ID onto the end of that URL. And if somebody just goes to the site and purchases something using that link, you'll get a cut of that. So you don't even have to be a publisher to to help build up the community for our sites. Mm-hmm. So if you're That's a good a viewer, way to kind of mm-hmm. or something like that, you can review it and and send them uh, your way to yes. just a digital copy or print on demand copy. And, yeah. and and should people um, have their own different a different account for publisher versus purchaser on Drive Through RPG? Is that a recommendation, or do you upgrade from a purchaser? Is sort of like an upgrade, I guess. You have to have a customer account in order to be a publisher. So um, every publisher account has a customer account attached to it. Um, And so uh, yeah, the first thing you'll do is create your customer account. And then from there, you'll go ahead and create a publisher account and attach it to that. Mm I suppose, I guess it's personal preference. You could have a separate customer account and publisher account if you wanted. You would just have to have two different email addresses. Yes. And I I said I wasn't going to throw any kind of curveballs at you, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. Where do you see the industry going in general? Um, I mean, 5e has become huge. Um, and, uh, you know, that's opened up a lot more players entering in the hobby. And how do you see it kind of playing out? Do you have any kind of pulse on w- what you see happening within the industry? Um, I I mean, I think a big question mark in the air is sort of what's happening next at D&D. If we're talking about that particular route, uh, they've definitely hinted slash more than hinted uh, that there are some changes coming there, whether it's 5.5 or 6. Um, I think that more people getting into tabletop games by way of Dungeons and Dragons or otherwise um, is only good for like indie creators and tabletop folks in general, sort of like a rising tide lifts all ships sort of situation. Um, I know over at Drive Through, we are hoping to do more to not just support uh, our larger publishers, uh, but do more to support indie creators um, and just bring in more people uh, into the TTRPG publishing world uh, who might have thought that that was just a lofty goal uh, when it's really very uh, possible. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely see the communities growing, I feel like, all the time. Um and not just for D&D, but for all these other communities too. Um, I I came into the the community through D&D. So I'm always like, D&D is like everywhere. It's always the biggest thing. And, and it is obviously like a really large um, portion of the tabletop community, but um, being part of Storytellers Collective and having like the Chaosium path, you just see so many folks who are um, like very interested in Call Cthulhu and RuneQuest and it just really opens your eyes at how many other games are out there and people sharing their stories and like the introductions on like that server or the drive through RPG server and um, they'll talk about you know some of these um, really obscure games from like the 80s and 90s that they played before they had even ever heard of Dungeons and Dragons right and um, 
and of course you also have folks who have been DMing since AD and D, you know, so um, I think it's just really great to see all of these um, different pathways into publishing. There's no one like narrative into how folks have gotten onto the site and published. And you uh, recently had, or actually just this morning, you had a big announcement about Roll20. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, um, so obviously it's part of what's shifting in, in tabletop, especially during the pandemic and quarantine times, is that more and more people are playing RPGs in more ways, uh, in particular in virtual ways. Um, so we've supported uh, a few different uh, virtual tabletops, uh, but this morning uh, we announced that starting with Dungeon Masters Guild, uh, we are partnering with the folks over at Roll20, which I am so jazzed about. Uh, because especially coming from being the community manager of DMs Guild, we got so many requests uh, from <laughs> folks where Roll20 happens to be their uh, preferred virtual tabletop. Um, and they really wanted to be able to create like modules or add-ons for Roll20 uh, so that folks can very easily take their adventure um, and have all of the maps and tokens and information uh, in Roll20 itself. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. I would love for us to be able to offer that through more publishers, um, but uh, we'll see what the future holds there. And you also uh, have been doing a beta test of your website. Um, do you have a timeline on when you're going to flip the switch on that or what, what processes are you still going through? Yeah, so for folks who uh, aren't aware, um, I guess, I don't know if this is an external code name or an internal code name. It's not secret though. Um, so we have <laughs> a version. Discord, yeah, so. <laughs> uh, we um, are site, as I mentioned, has been around since 2001. Um, so there's a lot of uh, technical aspects that come with uh, being uh, an older site. Um, and we are so eager to be able to make our user interface uh, a little more uh, just user-friendly in general. Um, uh, adjustable to different screen sizes, more mobile friendly, uh, using that as an excuse to revisit our tools and really make them a smoother, better experience for our publishers. And all of that is bundled together in something that we call Phoenix. Uh, so you can preview at least part of that uh, uh, upgrade, I suppose, uh, over on Drive-Through RPG by checking out our beta site. I wish I had a timeline uh, to share with you. Um, I'll just say that it's really helpful for folks to check out that site and give us feedback on it. So when we are eventually able to fully launch uh, the Phoenix version of Drive Through RPG, that it's the best version possible. Yeah, and I know I've gotten that question quite a bit in the Discord server, and and the response that I've kind of gotten on that is it is kind of a moving target as as they as they test and and validate some of the new interfaces, 
Um, and, and also in our discord server, we have a channel where publishers can make suggestions as, you know, stuff starts to roll out into the, the beta, you can be like, well, this would be like a really cool tool. And then our team can take that back and see what the possibilities are with that. So, um, there is a bit of a moving target, but I know that they're hoping to have, um, some of like the customer pages and stuff like that completed by the end of the year. Well, that's great. And, uh, I, uh, once again, I really commend uh, Drive Through RPG for supporting the indie community, um, as it, letting people get into the hobby, um, as well as like taking their first steps into publishing through the Pocket Quest uh, Jam. So I'm very excited to see what comes of that. And uh, any kind of parting words on uh, any recommendations for new designers, um, either through Pocket Quest or just starting their own publishing account? Any kind of parting words of motivation for uh, new designers? I have a three-part answer. So first is that it really is creating your game or your adventure or your system or whatever you want to create. That is really the hardest part, creating your first thing and publishing it. Um, so I think if that is your goal, it's really helpful to understand yourself and what will actually encourage that to happen. So for some people, it is having like a really rigid calendar and deadlines. And I think for a lot of people, it's having some sort of sense of accountability. So if your accountability is a challenge like pocket quest, like you have a little homework assignment. Um, that doesn't make it sound so fun, but <laughs> <laughs> um, now is a great time uh, to jump on board. You still have a month and a couple days. Um, or if it is joining a workshop like uh, the Storytelling Collective, um, I think definitely check out those uh, free or inexpensive resources. Um, and then also, if you're looking to publish on Drive-Through RPG in particular, I recommend uh, checking out our Medium blog. Uh, so it's called One Blog Shelf. Um, so if you Google that, it should pop up our Medium link. Um, and we have a few resources there um, of like how to um, price your RPGs uh, in particular. We get those questions a lot. And we have um, advice uh, from our Director of Publisher Relations and Marketing about pricing there. Um, and then also, if you want a rundown on a bunch of different tools available on DriveThru as a marketplace specifically, I would check out the One Bookshelf YouTube. Um, we have a bunch of talks that our various publisher relations representatives um, have talked about different topics, like how to start POD, how to use our marketing tools. Um, and I will just say, probably starting in the fall, we're going to be creating like shorter like little mini episodes um so instead of like an hour talking about all of our marketing tools uh it'll be like just a few minutes talking about like each one or advice on different things yeah i mean i guess my best advice is just like don't be afraid to just take that leap and start creating um uh, even if it's just something as simple as just writing down your ideas as they come to you rather than just being like, oh, well, I'll never create that. So there's no point in putting that on paper. Um, mm -hmm. Just having a list of ideas can be really helpful for starting the process because that blank 
page can be really intimidating. And so um, just starting, I think, can be really helpful. And um, I agree to, I think, having some sort of structure, if you've never done this before, it can be helpful. So things like Pocket Quest or the RPG Writer Workshop and stuff like that can be really helpful because I know at least with, with the Write Your First Adventure Workshop, a template is provided um, into like how to actually write out an adventure. Um, and I, I think that that can be really helpful in just starting creating. Um, it's just not looking at a blank page. Page reminded me of two other thoughts. Um, scope. Uh, so if you're creating your first thing, even if you feel really inspired to create an OGL D&D giant uh, campaign levels one through 20 or like a <laughs> whole homebrew world with like 10 different subclasses, that might be really difficult for your first project. Um, so creating something small, maybe like a one page RPG or a supplement of magic items, like five magic items around a certain theme uh, will really help you publish your first thing and help you feel more confident or less pressure when you publish your second thing. Um, and then the other thought that popped up while Cage was speaking was uh, that I feel like there's like discourse recently about a certain other YouTube video where the advice it sounds like was sound, but the, the title was something along the lines of like, we don't need your mediocre game or something like that. It, it's okay to publish mediocre games. Like no one is a super rock star their first time they've designed anything ever. Publishing something, getting it out there, getting feedback uh, from people will only make you a better designer. Um, and if you're someone who's like a perfectionist, don't let the fear of something you're publishing not being 100% the best hold you back. Yeah, I think on top of that too, not just, we're just going to keep pegging back against each other. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, um, I think uh, along the lines of like the mediocre game, like not everything is going to be a winner. Like you can't publish greatest hits one after another, unless if you're like a prodigy or something. Um, so that will happen. Don't be discouraged if you're like, well, these other three things that I made sold really well. Why isn't this? It just it, it just happens sometimes. Um, and if you are creating, if you want to create like that big homebrew world and all of that, and you have ideas for subclass or whatever, just start with one, just start with one subclass. We have tools that will allow you to bundle them all together. If you, you know, put multiple subclasses out there, then you just bundle them together and it's your homebrew subclass like bundle and then people can buy them all at once still. So um, there are some really great tools. Um, you can also upload updated products. I've done that myself. My first adventure I've already gone through and I've updated the PDF um, for that and I probably will do it again. Um, and so as you get feedback from folks, um, you can definitely upload um, an updated version of your products. It's not set in stone. Any more ideas, Lisa? <laughs> like, should I piggyback more? <laughs> Mostly I just want, if you're a new publisher or an existing publisher or an aspiring publisher who wants to do Pocket Quest, I just want you to join Drive Through Discord so you can talk to me and Cage more. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll put all those links uh, in the uh, the video details and then the show notes. And uh, 
and Lisa and Cage, I just really want to thank you for uh, being on the show and uh, supporting indie designers. I think that's great that you're really enhancing the community. So uh, well done on that. And uh, look forward to seeing all the entries from uh, Pocket Quest. It's uh, definitely going to be fun to see. Yeah, yeah thank you so much us. for creating the space for us. Mm -hmm.